Welcome into Straight Up Sports. I am your host, Devin Albertson, and it's time to talk about Missouri 8-Man football and a little bit of a preview for the season. Of course, Jamborees are this Friday. I will be going to Bramer. I'll run through the Jamborees here in just a second. Just run down the show real quick. We'll talk about the Jamborees. We'll talk about the um, column I just put up on the Mo8ManCoaches.com website. Go check that out if you haven't already. I break down each and every team. I probably won't go... That in depth on this one is because it's all the written word on there. Um, so yeah, enjoy that as well. Um, hope everybody likes that. Um, I'll probably talk about Misha and maybe what they're going to do for districts. It will be announced on the 27th of August. And just a little bit of a preview for the season, what to expect, who I think are uh, true title contenders, who I think who are going to be really good teams who could jump up in that tier, um, and who I think is going to win each conference and stuff like that, and maybe districts uh, based on what I see um, around the state going on this year. Okay, so we're a minute in. Let's go to the Jamborees real quick. Uh, first up, um, we'll go in alphabetical order. Alpton City, they're hosting Archie, Osceola, and Rich Hill. Their Jamboree starts at 6.30. I'm not sure if there's going to be any media down on that one, so we'll just have to see how that goes. Um, the one that I'm going to will be Bramer. That starts at 7 o'clock. We'll have the Missouri 8-Man Football uh, Facebook Live. I'll be doing uh, Facebook Live from there. So for Bramer, Norburn Harden Central, Oric, and Southwest Livingston. Should be a good time there. Uh, Oric, I think, to be a top 10 team to start the year. Southwest Livingston uh, might flirt with a top 10 and defending state champion. So, a lot of interesting things, a lot of new faces there with those programs. That I'm really interested to see how it plays out. Um, Six o'clock start at Concordia for Concordia, Northland Christian, St. Paul Lutheran, and Santa Fe. Um, so, that's an interesting jamboree there. I think KMMO Radio is doing that. Um, game is doing that jamboree as well, so you can catch it on the radio. KMMO Radio will be doing that out of Marshall, Missouri. Uh, 6 p.m. over at East Ashton at Tarkio High School. It'll be EA, Bishop LeBlanc, Nottoway Valley, and Rockport. Uh, Nottoway Valley just actually released their new uniforms uh, Wednesday night when I'm recording this. Uh, looks pretty sharp. I love their white unis with the black tops. Mwah. The white unis are so good. The black tops are pretty decent uh, with the green lettering. Just a good look. I love the helmet. Can't wait to see what the Thunder do on the football field. They're ready to see some people there at that jamboree. Should be a very interesting jamboree. Anthony Crane, uh, my eight-man counterpart, he will be at that jamboree. Um, probably taking some pictures and just kind of giving his general thoughts there um, of what's going to happen at that jamboree. Two teams who I think can be ranked to start of the year in EA and LeBlanc will probably be ranked or at least close to that top 10 spot. So that starts at 6 o'clock there at Tarkio. The other one starts at 6 o'clock at Keatsville as they host Knox County and North Shelby. Should be very interesting to see with Knox coming down, North Shelby with a new coach, Keatsville, second year of a program. A lot of changes over there in that one. Should be interesting. I haven't seen who's going to cover that one or anything like that. Um, but I think it's going to be interesting to see how Knox looks against North Shelby and how North Shelby looks under a new coach. That's an interesting jamboree there. Uh, Liberal, 6 p.m. start over there. They host Greenfield, Jasper, and Lockwood. I think this is a very intriguing um, jamboree just because I think Jasper will much improved. Liberal has to replace um, their stud last year, Gunnar Miller, um, and they have a new head coach. Jasper has a new head coach. Greenfield has a new head coach, and they're moving down from 11-man. Lockwood's moving down from 11-man. Just a lot of changes in this jamboree alone. Um, and what, something down south I think is quite Interesting to say the least, and um, it'd probably be a jamboree I'd be interested to go to if it didn't start at six o'clock and be all the way liberal. It's a couple hour drive for me, so I wouldn't be able to make that one uh, due to my schedule. So we'll see how it goes there. 6 p.m. Platte Valley hosting over at Barnard, hosting DeCab, North Andrew, and Pattonsburg. Um, Pattonsburg, new head coach, Platte Valley, new head coach. Uh, DeCab still rebuilding their program a little bit. North Andrew coming off a state championship game appearance. Um, so that's what's going on over there at that one. Um, St. Joe Christian, they're hosting a jamboree with Casey East Christian out of Kansas and Stewartsville Osborne. They got Casey East to come over so they can actually have a jamboree there, uh, with three teams. Um, Christian back in eight man after the last two years being up at 11 man call with Northland Christian. We'll see how they look there. Uh, Stewartsville haven't heard a whole lot about Stewartsville, so I don't have a whole lot to say about them. Um, and then the final Jamboree, which I think is the best Jamboree of the weekend, 7 p.m. start. Also, 7 p.m. start for Christian, for St. Christian's Jamboree. 7 p.m. start for Worth County's Jamboree. 
Worth County, Albany, King City, and Stanbury. Uh, two of the top teams in the state, I think, King City and Stanbury, and Worth County might not be too far behind them. So that is a quite intriguing one. Albany TV on Facebook will be having that broadcast on there. So if you can't go up to Worth County, but you want to see some good football, tune in there. Uh, Albany TV will have you covered on that one. That's a little bit of the Jamborees. Teams that are not performing in, not competing in Jamborees this year, uh, Drexel, Mound City, Northwest Hughesville, Schuyler County, and South Holt. So just five teams not in Jamborees. So it'll be a pretty good prep work for this week one here to see how our Facebook Live goes, um, just in, just how everything kind of handles with this new football season. Um, Jamborees were a little bit different last year. They had scrimmages more than anything. So um, we'll see how it goes. I'm pretty excited for it. And it's Jamborees, so you got to consider uh, for the four-team Jamborees, you get 12 plays on offense and 12 plays on defense versus everybody. Um, and the three-team Jamborees, you get 18 plays against each team. So a little bit different structure for each one. Um, I know where I'm going for Bramer, they're going to use both sides of the field. So there'll be games going on at the same time um, going each way. Let's see here. And, of course, in a timeless tradition, I am doing a, a – uh, podcast and Coach Dean tweets at the Man Football during the during the podcast. I know he will enjoy that. I'm not recording this at two o'clock in the morning, like I was uh, writing uh, my column last night. But he was just commenting on Norway Valley's football uniforms, and I think I agree with Coach Dean. I think they did nail it. I think they're really good, um, and it's always good to see a co-op. I'll just go into this, go into the season a little bit, and I'll start with Norway Valley. To see a co-op that knows what it's like to be in a co-op, because both teams were in previous ones with Nawi Holt with South Holt for SHNH, and then West Nawi was with North Nawi for Northwest Nottaway, and saw what went wrong in those co-ops and what they did wrong, what the other school did wrong, and just seeing those mistakes and learning from them and then doing what's best for the kids. I think this has been a great showing for Nottaway Valley. I know we're just a couple months into it, but so far they've done a great job of dividing stuff, um, kind of collaborating and combining all the resources for the kids for it. Uh, great looking football uniforms. I saw their basketball and volleyball stuff, the cross country look, it all looks really good and well done. Um, so congratulations there to West Nottaway and Nottaway Holt um, for Nottaway Value is doing a great job with that. I'm not sure who the football team is going to be this year, but they do have 30 kids out. I count 10 seniors here in the picture I'm looking at for Nottaway Valley. So uh, we'll see how they kind of look and everything with that. But I'm excited for it. Now we'll start with the 275 real quick, kind of just to look uh, what I think of the conference a little bit. I think East Atchison right now is the prime time team in the conference. I think they're going to be the best team. They got the best defense coming back, returning a bunch of starters. Kalen Merriweather's probably the best linebacker returning in the conference. Josh Smith, the quarterback, the Graves kid in the backfield, the Spinato kid, uh, Schluter up front. They got some good players there. They got a good defensive scheme. Um, if that offense can just keep get a little more consistent and they can rely on a little bit more. This could be a very dangerous team going into the playoffs. Um, so I think East Ashton wins this conference. Um, I do think South Holt will be their biggest challenger just because I think they're going to be a solid team um, this year. I'm not sure. I think they're going to get lucky because the conference going to be down a little bit this year. So they might have a few more wins than you would think for a decent team. They're going to look like a really good team with the amount of wins they get. I just think the conference is down a little bit this year, and they can feast on that a little bit. Uh, but their first two weeks are just – first three weeks, you got Worth County, Southwest, and then at EA. That's a tough start of the year, but I think they can go one and two, two and one on that stretch. They're in really good shape for the rest of the year to get the seven, eight wins. Um, they can't start 0-3, though. That would be a disastrous start for them. Uh, they have to win at least one of those three games. Uh, going forward here and then right now I kind of went through the schedule and did a like a mock pick at everything and just kind of so I picked every game went all the way through week one through nine and then I picked the playoffs so I have EA going eight no in conference play eight and one overall or one loss to Stanbury um, I have South Holt going seven and one lost to Worth County in non-con um, and then I got a three-way tie for third place Mountain City, Rockport, Southwest, Livingston. I'm just not sure with any of these teams to be confident enough to put them at third. So I had to beat up on each other a little bit. Um, all finishing 5-4 and four overall, losing their out-of-conference game. So Mountain City losing to Albany, Rockport losing to King City, and then Southwest Livingston losing to North Andrew in non-con. That's, I think this conference is going to struggle a bit in the non-conference uh, this season. 
Uh, not only Valley, I had them going three and five in conference, three and six overall. I think they lose a little blonde in their non-conference game. Um, Platte Valley, I have them going two and six in conference, two and seven overall. They're a team that I could see possibly jump a Norway Valley, maybe jump a Southwest or a, Mount, or a Rockport, whoever it may be in that little middle of the conference between three and seven. I think it's a very clobbered mess there. I didn't know really what to do with all of them, so I kind of leaned on the past a little bit with a little bit of the future to kind of do my predictions for it. But anywhere from Mountain City to Rockport, Southwest, the two Valley schools, I think could go either way with it. Um, with those four or five schools, five schools are in the middle of the conference, it could go either way. Um, I do have Stewartsville going one and seven in conference, two and seven overall. I think they beat Keatsville out of conference. They're my one team in the 275 who I think wins an out of conference game at this point this year, just because everyone else is playing a team that's just a step above them, the non con, in my opinion. And then DeCab, I don't have them winning a game this year. I think it's going to be tough. Their one out of conference team is King City, who I think might be the best team in the States. So tough for DeCab there. Um, but I think EA wins the conference in the 275. Let's go to the CRC real quick down in the central part of the state. Two divisions. So there's an I-70 division, which is Oric, uh, Concordia, Lutheran, um, Hughesville, and Santa Fe. And then the north division, which is North Shelby, Bramer, Norbert Harden Central, and Keatsville. So we'll start in the central division, in the I-70, which I think is the stronger half of the conference. Um, I think Oric... Um, goes undefeated in conference play and wins the conference. I think they have a good chance of beating Worth County out of conference and going undefeated through the whole year. I like Oric a lot. Um, Northwest Hughesville, I think, and the way I'm kind of breaking it down with this is their division record, then their conference record, then their overall. So I have Oric, 4-0 in their division, 8-0 in the conference, 9-0 overall. I think Northwest Hughesville, I think they go 3-1 in their division, 5-2 in conference, 7-2 overall. Uh, St. Paul Lutheran, I think they go 2-2 two two in their division, 4-2 and two overall in the conference, and then they win all their crossover games, and then go 6-3 and three overall with their one out of conference loss. I think Drexel will get them this year again, but that should be a really fun game. Um, Concordia, having going 1-3 in their division, 3-3 three and three overall in the conference, and then 3-6 and six overall record. I think they're a team that could really fluctuate depending on how that defense plays. For Concordia, I like Jake Tackmeyer. At quarterback there. I think they're going to be able to score a lot of points. It's how they do in their out-of-conference games. I think they have Archie, Drexel, and Liberal in their out-of-conference games. If they can steal one versus Liberal, they're in that prime condition to possibly steal another game and maybe get to that 500 mark for the first time in their eight-man um, tenure here. And then Santa Fe, I have them going 0-4 in division, but winning all three of their crossover games and going 4-5 and overall um, is how I ha- see them. And the other side of the division, North Shelby, I had them going 3-0 in the division, 5-1 in conference, 7-2 overall. Bramer, I had them going 2-1 in the division. So beating Norman Harden Central and Keatsville, losing to North Shelby, be going 2-6 in conference, 3-6 overall. Uh, Norman Harden Central, 1-2, 1-5, 2-7. And then Keatsville, I had them going 0-3 in division, 0-7 in conference, but 1-8 overall. I think they play Casey East Christian this year. Could be a chance for the Thunder to get their first program win and they could be a team that's improved this year i just don't have a whole lot of faith in them so far um just i don't i'm not gonna pick them to win very many games they gotta prove it to me a little bit is where i'm at with the keatsville thunder uh go to the grand river conference this is the best conference in eight man football this year it is loaded from top to bottom there's not gonna be an easy bye week anywhere in here um i think king city has the best chance to go undefeated here I have them going 5-0 in conference, 9-0 overall. Uh, this means out-of-conference wins against Rockport, like Skyler, and someone else. Let me see here who have them beating out-of-conference. Uh, beating DeKalb out-of-conference, Skyler, St. Joe Christian, and Rockport out-of-conference. I think it's a pretty decent out-of-conference schedule for them. Um, I think they have a good chance of going undefeated. If they go undefeated through the GRC, they'll go undefeated overall. Um Coach Dean just tweeted at me again about my call, and this was better than expected. Congrats. Thanks, Coach. <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, now, I did edit it to fix a few typos because there were a few in the first edition. I'm like, oh, I should not uh, do a column at 2 a.m. Not a good start there, uh, but we'll see how it goes. We'll come back to this real quick. So I have the conference standings here for the GRC going King City, Stanbury, 
A three-way tie for third between Albany, North Andrew, Worth County, and then Pattonsburg finishing last in the conference. I'm not sure what to do with Pattonsburg. I think they're going to be better than the record states, but their schedule is just brutal there with the five teams in the GRC. They got Bishop LeBlanc to start the year, who I think is going to be pretty good this season. Who else do we have here for Pattonsburg? I mean, they beat Skyler and St. Joe Christian at a conference. Rich Hill's a toss-up game there week six. That's after they played North Andrew, King City, and Stanbury for three straight weeks and get looking forward to Worth County. It's kind of sandwiched there in the middle. And that's a brutal stretch there for them. So I think they could struggle a bit this year. I think their record can be better than their their team will be better than the record says they are because they're just gonna, it's going to be tough in that conference um, going forward. Okay, the next. Yeah, and the more I thought about it, I think Worth County, North Andrew, Albany will all kind of trifecta there. I wouldn't be surprised if Worth County can jump from that trifecta and maybe jump into the top tier and maybe King City, Stanbury, Worth County um, kind of go in their three-way tie for the top of the conference. I could see that as well. I think Worth County has the best chance to jump up into that top tier in the GRC. Um, in my records, I have eight. And, I have 9-0 for King City, 8-1 Stanbury, uh, 6-3 for Albany and North Andrew, and 5-4 and for Worth County. Let me see exactly what I have for Worth County. I'm not, I'm not great at my Worth County predictions right now because I think I'm a little bit off. Uh, beating Southolt. Yeah, I guess if they lose to Oric, they lose to King City, Stanbury, and one more loss in the trifecta there. It makes sense. But they're gonna, if they finish 5-4, and four, they'll be the best 5-4 and four team in the state in the regular season. They're just going to be a dangerous team um, going forward. I think they start the year 3-0, and Southolt, St. Christian, Skyler. And then their schedule just gets to Albany, King City, Oric, Pattonsburg, North Andrew, Stanbury. That's a tough stretch. Um, they have one of the tougher schedules there. Combine that with adding South at the beginning of the year. It's a very tough schedule for Worth County. Uh, but that means, just means they'll be battle-tested this season. Okay. And then I have Pattonsburg going 2-7. and seven, But they could go 3-6. and six. They're kind of in a little fluctuation there. Depending on how they do versus Rich Hill. And maybe they could steal one from someone else in the conference. Uh, going to the Wemo real quick. I think Drexel's going to win this conference. Uh, Jacob Coffey, Corey Compton, just the team is really good. Caleb Mayfield up front. I love Drexel's team this year. Um, they go. I think they go six zero in conference, nine zero overall. They're out of conferences. What Concordia, Saint Paul, and Greenfield. I think they win all those games. I think Saint Paul and Archie and Jasper will be the toughest games this year. I do think Archie finishes second in the conference, five and one. They go seven and two overall. I have LeBlanc upsetting them as well. Um, Jasper at four and two in conference play, six and three overall. Uh, I think Rich Hill. And they go three and three in conference, five and four overall. Liberal two and four, four and five. App City one and five, one and eight overall, and then Osceola zero and six, zero and nine. Just how I kind of see it right now. Um, going through the whole schedule, I think there's a real Interesting there between two through five in the Wemo between Archie, Jasper, Rich Hill, Liberal, of who can kind of jockey their way into the number two spot in the conference. Very interesting to see how the middle of that conference, if they beat up on each other a little bit or if someone rises from the, the crop there and tries to challenge Drexel for number one in the Wemo. And then the Independents um, in this one, I have LeBlanc and Lockwood both going seven and two. At 5-3, and three, I do have Knox and Northland Christian. I like Northland Christian's schedule quite a bit to have them possibly pop up above 500. Uh, they'll, it'll take a couple of good wins for them, but I think they have a chance to do that. Uh, Greenfield at 3-5, and five, Skyler at 1-7, and seven, and St. Joe Christian at 1-8 and eight overall. And this kind of moves me into our district discussion and what Misha's going to do. Unfortunately, all the writing on the wall is that Misha is going to do Four districts of nine or ten teams, which I think is a <coughs> excuse me, which I think is just an idiotic decision. Why? Makes no sense geographically. Doesn't make sense competitive wise. I don't understand it. You, if you have eight districts, you would have a quarterfinal round in there. So you have a district championship round, a quarterfinal, a semifinal, and a state championship, which is four districts. You just have a district championship game a semifinal, a state championship game. It eliminates another big step, I think, just philosophically in the in the, in the the playoffs where, okay, we just won districts, let's go to quarterfinals. we got to win that to go to semi, state semifinals. And I think it just adds another big game in there. So instead of your district championship games, 
be in there. It's your state. It's your district semifinal games. And those are big games, but they're not the same magnitude as a district championship game, just in name alone. Uh, this is why I think they're going to do for four districts um, alignment wise. So district one, I think it's going to be App City, Archie, Jasper, Greenfield, Liberal, Lockwood, Drexel, OCL. All the we- the seven Wemo schools plus Lockwood and Greenfield. I think it's going to be the district number one. I think Drexel's in good shape for that. I think the top. I think the seeds in that, based on what I did in my prediction wise, the seeds will go Drexel one, Archie two, Lockwood three, Jasper four, Rich Hill five, Liberal six, Greenfield seven, App City eight, Osceola nine. And what they'll do is the first week will be a playing game. So eight will play nine. If you have a 10 team district, you'll have seven play 10 as well. So this one, you have week one, you'd have in the first round of the playoffs, you'd have App City hosting Osceola. The winner gets to play Drexel. <laughs> Congratulations. And then, of course, you'd have Greenfield at Archie, Liberal at Lockwood, and then Rich Hill Jasper, and then so forth, so on kind of deal. I think the district championship game right now, I'd pick it to be Archie Drexel again uh, with Drexel moving on as well. At District 2, um, looking at this one a little bit and just seeing exactly who all would be here. Uh, let me get this real quick. I don't have that filled out. Okay. So I think it's going to be Bramer, Concordia, Oric, Northwest Hughesville, Lutheran, Northland Christian, Southwest Livingston, Santa Fe, Northern Harden Central. So nine teams in this di- district. A mixture of CRC teams, independents, and um, – a 275 team in there as well as Southwest Livingston. It's kind of a weird geographical um, situation that we have in that region. And there's going to be a lot of those because these teams break down a lot better into four or five team districts than 10 team districts, but I will hold my peace. Uh, I think this one, another nine team district, I think it'll go Oric, the Northwest Hughesville, St. Paul Lutheran, Northland Christian, Southwest Livingston, Concordia, Santa Fe, Bramer, Norburn Harden Central. You'd have Norburn Harden Central at Bramer for the first round of the districts. Winner gets to play Oric. And then you have Santa Fe at Hughesville, Concordia at St. Paul Lutheran, and then Southwest Livingston at Northland Christian. I think this one would come down to Oric being either Northwest Hughesville or St. Paul Lutheran for the district championship game would be my prediction on this one uh, going forward. Um, district three, the last two districts would be 10 district teams. Uh, District 3 is absolutely stacked. Um, All three terms, King City, Stanbury, North Shelby, Albany, Knox, Worth County, Pattonsburg, Platte Valley, Schuyler, and Keatsville. And it's one of those deals where Worth County gets punished in this situation if they do go 5-4 and in in the regular season, but it's a really good 5-4, and they're really competitive, and they just lose a couple of close games to some teams. This is how the playoffs would work out. You would have... Well, round one would be Keatsville at Pattonsburg. Nice little trip there for the first round playoffs. Schuyler County at Platte Valley and Barnard. That makes a lot of sense for a first round district game. You could split them up to four or five team districts. God, it's so frustrating uh, just thinking about it. So that's what you have there. And then the winner of Keatsville versus Pattonsburg would play Stanbury. And the winner of Platte Valley, Schuyler would play King City. And then you'd have Worth County as a sixth seed playing North Shelby in the first round. First of all, it's a heck of a drive. Second of all, it's a really good game. Uh, Knox County, because they would go better in co- at a conference than Worth County, would get the five seed, play at Albany. That's another long trip. So you have three or four really long trips. This would be the worst district travel-wise. That's why it would be really easy to separate these into two. You'd have North Shelby, Knox, Schuyler, Keatsville in one, and then you'd have King City, Stanbury, Albany, Worth County, Platte Valley, Patton. Whatever you need to do for the other district, it would be a lot easier to separate them, but they don't want to do it that way. Anyways, and then I think it'd be Stanbury and King City for the district championship game, but with North Shelby and Worth County both being right there, just really tough stretches for them to get through if they had to play each other first round. So think of Worth County. If you have to play at North Shelby round one, at Stanbury in round two for the second time in a month, then at King City for district championship game just to move on to play in the state semifinal. That's a brutal stretch. For a team like Worth County and North Shelby, or even North Shelby, if you host Worth County, they have to travel to Stanbury, then to King City in back-to-back weeks. Pretty good travel there um, in District Number Three. Then District Four, you'd have East Adjson, LeBlanc, South Holt, North Andrew, Mount City, Rockport, Nawi Valley, Stewartsville, Osborne, Saint Christian, and DeKalb. 
So in this situation, you'd have DeKalb, the 10 seed, at Nawe Valley in the first round, then St. Joe Christian at Stewartsville Osborne. Uh, the winner of Stewartsville Osborne and St. Joe Christian would play East Atchison. The winner of Nawe Valley DeKalb would play Blonde. You'd have Rockport at South Holt and Mountain City at North Andrew, a really good first-round game. Um, I think this district would come down to EA versus either LeBlanc or South Holt. I think it'd be interesting to see how they would how the numbers would work out between those two for that two seeks. I have them both going seven and two um, overall. So I think it would just be interesting to see with the strength of schedule. I think the two seventy five being down might hurt South Holt more in this one. So EA, so LeBlanc might get that two seed and get home field there in that semifinal round. <clears throat> so. But I would have EA play LeBlanc probably, or LeBlanc Southwell. It's very it's kind of a toss up. I'd probably go LeBlanc at this point. But if Southwell was there, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if North Andrew is actually the three seed or something like that, and they could make it to the district championship game. All these things. I think EA would probably win this district though. So my four district champs are Drexel in District One, Oric in, in District Two, King City in District Three, and East Atchison in District Number Four. And let me pull up the schedule real quick. Just to make sure this is how this would all kind of work out. So you'd have King City and Drexel play. I'm not sure exactly where the game would be at. I always forget who top side, who gets top, bottom, whatever, even odd years. But either way, King City, Drexel, I would lean King City at this point. It's a tough matchup for Drexel. Uh, they're two of the best players in the state with Muff versus Coffee, the state semifinal. I'd go to that game. I'd probably go, I'd probably choose that game over EA uh, Oric, wherever that would maybe. Um, and then EA Oric, I give a slight advantage to Oric at this point, be my guess. And then I have King City versus Oric in the state championship game. Give me the Wildcats of King City to win state um, there. So, but if you told me that Stanbury was there anyways, um, I would not be surprised. You told me North Shelby made it that far. I would not be surprised. I mean, it's just there's a lot of good teams in that district over there. I think District 3 is going to be stacked this year. I'm interested to see if Michigan does anything different. They could always throw a curveball at us. We won't know until um, August 27th, though. I'm going to take a quick break. When I come back, a little more prediction here for the season and just kind of a quick recap for the podcast. Okay, for the second half of this podcast, I'm going to go through each team and I just dissect them a little bit more, just players to look forward to. I know a lot of this will be in the column, but I want to give them some airtime here in the podcast as well. Also on the 275, go alphabetical and kind of go from there. Uh, DeCab, some kids to look out for um, there. Uh, Drake Miller, Xander Madsen, Hayden Giroux, Wyatt Miller, Lance Kelly, guys like that, some guys you can look out for for the Tigers. Uh, EA mentioned a few of them earlier, but Kalen Merriweather, Josh Smith, Braden Graves, Aaron Schluter, um, Charlie Witherberry, Garrett Spinato, uh, Carter Holacek, Lincoln Murray. I mean, just some guys who I think you will get to know more as the year goes on. I like what Barons, Coach Barons and Coach Dotson are doing over there at EA. I think they're going to be a very good team this year. We'll see how they do in the Jamboree. They are returning seven starters on offense and six more on defense um, on a state where they make the champ, district championship game last year and lost to Stanbury. I mean, they lost to Stanbury, and their two of their losses last year were by four total points or something like that. There were eight total points. It was ridiculously um, good game versus Stanbury, some low-scoring affairs. They're the loss was the Southwest Livingston. So, pretty good year there for EA. Uh, Mound City, some kids look out for. I think the Tubbs boys with Brennan and, T- and Trevor will be the leaders there in the backfield. Um, you can see guys such as um, William Rother and let's see, William Rother and uh, Will Young. I think will lead them as well. Um, trying to think who else there. I haven't got anything back from Mound City, but I kind of know some of those kids over there. Um, who else could be Dalton Peters? Guys like that who I think could make some big impact for Mount City this year. They're kind of an unknown for me in this season. Um, Norway Valley, up front, James Herr, Mason Chitwood, James Graham will make a big impact. I think Will Cordell, Blake Bohannon, Gavin Leeper, uh, even Clay Hansen. All these kids can make a big impact. There's a lot of unknown right now with them. They just have to get through that a little bit. And if they can make another step, we'll see what they kind of do there for Northwest Nottoway, for Nottoway Valley. Uh, for Platte Valley, which is South Nottoway, Jefferson, and North Nottoway now, um, you're looking at guys like um, Carter Luke, Aiden Blackford. Um, there's a Giffen kid over there. I think they're, they're going to be solid. I think they'll be solid. I'm just not sure what to do with them yet. Uh, new coach. 
wasn't hired, wasn't announced to hire until the beginning of August. So they're kind of a little behind the eight ball. I'm just not sure what to do with them right now. I'll be pleasantly surprised um, with how they do this year. <clears throat> Rockport, Colton Stevens, Micah Makings, Aiden Burkett, quarterback, Jared Hunter, Philip Heron at running back, Joey Heron's little brother, played really well last year. I think he's going to have a bigger role this season. Brecken Kelly, Dakota Evans. And there's some guys that could be interesting there at Rockport. We'll see how they do this year. Uh, South Holt. Um, everything I've heard, Brody Scroggins looks really good there at their um, practices. Um, Jackson Schaefer, one of the better young offensive linemen in the state. He's only a sophomore. I think he's one of the best sophomores in the state, uh, especially up front. Um, just a lot of unknown outside of those two. Kendall Nolan at quarterback, I think. But I trust Josh Peterson, uh, coach over there, to put points up on the board for South Holt. They had to recreate their physicality they had last year to be successful, and that's going to be tough when you lose guys like – Drew Quinlan, Dallas now, Dallas Nowling, um, Dino, um, Dallas Steiner, James Hur leaving in the co-op. And there were some really physical players they had there last year. You lose that much identity, can you recreate it with the younger guys? That's still to be seen there with South Holt. Uh, Southwest Livingston, Owen H., Glenn Holt, uh, Will Hughes, Tucker Singer there at running back. There's some steps there. There's a, I think it's Colt Neptune, uh, Chase Neptune's little brother. There are some younger kids there that are going to go through some growing pains, I think. But once they get stuff figured out, they'll be good. I think next year will be the year they take another step forward, despite losing H and Hold, who I think are maybe the best lineman duo in the 275 uh, this year. Then Stewartsville, I haven't heard a whole lot, so I can't tell you who. Uh, Braxton Gibson, well, a good little defensive back, and a little I think he's receiver, maybe running back for him as well. <clears throat> but I don't know a whole lot about them, so I can't really give a whole lot. They haven't given me anything to start the year. Go to the CRC. Uh, Bramer, uh, Griffin Hewson, um, Ethan Weber, or Weber, uh, Ben Gordon, Trevor Webb, just guys to look out for there for Bramer. You'll hear more about them at the Jamboree this Friday. Uh, Concordia, already said Jake Tatmeyer, quarterback. Uh, Jacob Nelson up front, Riley Inman, Aiden Bordstadt, and Ryder Wilkinson. They got some athletes on the outside that can score some points. It's just that defense is going to get there. I hope so, but we'll have to see. It's a work in progress still. Keysville haven't heard a whole lot from them. I know the there's a meddling kid and a few others. I know Northwest Minden had a really good basketball team last year, so they have athletes over there. Are those athletes going out for football, though, and can they transition that basketball athleticism to the football field? We shall see. Brunswick also now in the co-op there for a three-team co-op. Should help them kind of rejuvenate and get some more athletes over there. Uh, Norburn Harden Central, new coach, but they still have Kobe Gibson, Brandon Schick, Keaton Lair, J.D. Doyle, Doyle, and Braden Cook. Not overly fast, but they're big and they're physical, so they got they got to roll with that this year, and we'll see what the best they can do there with Coach Watson. Uh, we'll see them at the Jamboree as well. Uh, North Shelby returns seven of eight starters on both sides of the ball. Kale Stoneburner, Justin Lunsford, Kyle Smith, Noah Greenwell, Carson Orr, Lucas Schwanky, or Schwank, I, can't, I never get his right name right. But I like what they're doing. They Jackson Lunsford is a huge loss, metaphorically and literally. But I think this team is talented enough to overcome that a little bit. They'll be very good this year. It's just can they keep making those steps forward? They've made it over the past two or three years where they would knock off a big dog. They got Stanbury this year. It's a big game for them. They got Oric on their schedule. They got Northwest Hughesville on their schedule. They got 11-man Maysville. There's some big games in there for them to prove themselves. We can still see if they do that this year going forward. Uh, they do also have 28 players out, so a good number of players out there for the Raiders. Northwest Hughesville, a team that I'm pretty high on. Uh, they bring back all eight starters. I know Mason Locke played last year. He got hurt early in the season, so he didn't start most of the season. So they bring back all eight guys who contributed last year through their seven games back. Their season last year was kind of weird. A lot of COVID issues there with Hughesville last year. I think they'll be back this year. They'll be motivated and everything. <clears throat> Tanner Damlo at quarterback. Love watching him play. He's a really fun athlete, very smooth. Uh, Pearson Teichner, Jason Boss, Nick Crossway at tight end, uh, Caden Crooker at linebacker and tight end. I like him a lot as well. Really good defensive player. Ian Smith, Jace Bales. There's a lot of good players there at Northwest Hughesville. I like what they're building over there. They're a team called Sacred Heart that I think people forget about. There's a lot of talent in that area. If they can just unlock it a little bit, they could push in the CRC. <clears throat> Oric. Blake Buchanan, Jackson Miller, um, the Stevenson kid, I believe. There's a lot of really good – I know I'm missing a few players there for Oric as well, but 
they were a very talented team last year that completely underperformed. They got a million times better coach this year in Coach Thacker. That should help them a lot. Um, everything I heard, they played well in the Albany. Jamboree against the King City against the Stanberry. They're right there in that same little tier with them, in my opinion. I think they're going to be very good this year. They have to stay healthy, especially Buchanan and Miller, because there's their pit, there are two horses there in the backfield. They can be really a special duo. They must stay healthy, though, um, going forward. <clears throat> and just buy in. Buy into what Coach Thacker is saying. This team's going to be very good this year. Um, Santa Fe, Blake Dankenbring, um, Owen Hostetter, I'm saying that right, uh, Loy Wallace, Jacoby Case, Jason Tebenkamp. Hope I'm getting your guys' names right. Just some guys that are coming back this year uh, for Santa Fe. <clears throat> Not a very big roster, only 15 kids out. But they they know what they are. They're a physical team. They're going to hit you in the mouth over and over and over and see if you can take it. So that's what the Chiefs are going to do this year. And then St. Paul Lutheran, a team that I am pretty high on. I didn't put them in my top 10 to start the year so far. I don't think I'm going to, but I think they're a team that could definitely push for that top 10 ranking this year. Uh, 23 kids out, three returning stars on offense, five on defense, but I like the core they have coming back here. Ethan Kirby, a tight end and defensive end, might be one of the best defensive ends in the state this year. He's got a big chip on his shoulder, from kind of being overlooked last year as a junior, coming back his senior year with that extra fire, and they love to see that there. Isaac Long, Logan Mueller, uh, Jaden Maggart in the backfield, three really good, strong running backs. Christian Anderson up front, um, Hunter Luter Luterman up front, Josiah Gertz at tight end, a defensive end this year. Sorry, at wide receiver, uh, Brooks Kiesel, Kreisel, Kreisel at tight end and defensive end. Uh, Christian Bobbins, Bobson, Bobson at quarterback. He's a Mizzou commit for baseball, actually, playing quarterback for him this year. Maybe they'll get to throw the ball a little more this year. Ooh, maybe. We'll see. Um, they're gonna be. A, they're, they're still gonna be at their core, though. A tough physical. We're gonna hit you in the mouth. Running football team, and they have the backs to do it. I like Mueller kid a lot. I like the Maggart kid um, a lot at the team camp. I saw the kid running hard. So <clears throat> we'll see how it goes there. All right, CRC Albany. I love their quarterback Camper Klein up front. Kirby Stevens and Logan Trum uh, Truman Reynolds. Nate Doolittle in the backfield. They have some pieces there. <coughs> they have to overcome the losses of a couple guys, Trice Floyd, Hutchinson, Mercer. But with Coach Fountain, they're always going to be fundamentally sound there at Albany. They're always going to be a tough SOB to play every week. Um, and they're just going to be a tough team to beat there in that GRC. King City. Everyone who was on the team last year who contributed is back. Every single one of them. Parker Muff, Sawyer McAllen. Um, Chase Moss, Cole Wells, all of them. Um, Ty Mooney, Corbin Taylor, um, Zeke Fisher, all of them are back. Landon Wells, very good team. I am very high in King City. I think they made a lot of mental mistakes last year for being a young team. And I think they're going to have a few of those um, kind of wrapped up and a little bit solidified this season. So I think they're going to be very good this year. And you're going to see my whole write down that column. I think King City is going to be very good. I have them number one to start my season. They're my number one team. Maybe it's kiss of death. I think they're. I'm think they're really good. I'll be at their game week one versus North Andrew. That's where I'm at. They go to North Andrew next. Uh, they only get 18 kids out. Return three stars on offense, four on defense. They lose a lot of good players from last year, but Hayden Necker, Drew Goff still back in the backfield. Um, Aiden Miller and Jacob Chittum up front. Dawson Eich Eichner there as well playing linebacker and then they have a freshman quarterback which i think a lot of their success is going to pin on how well he plays especially early in the year whenever they start the year with king city and leblon a couple of tough games there for north andrew how does braxton linville um younger brother clayton who was on a state championship runner-up last year how does he play taking over the offense if you look at their schedule king city leblon pattensburg northland st christian so not a terrible middle of the schedule they're weeks three through five End of the year, Stanbury, Albany, Worth County, Livingston, three of those games on the road. The only way at home is Albany. He's going to go to Stanbury, two Worth County, and two Southwest. It's a tough end of the year. We'll see how they get through it. Tough start, tough finish. North Andrew is in for an interesting season. But either way, you play North Andrew, it's going to be 42 to 24. You're just not sure if North Andrew's going to have 42 or 24. It's going to be a tough, physical, grinded out game every time you play North Andrew. Um, you're going to feel it the next day. 
they're going to be sure of that. Pattensburg, not sure how many kids they have out. Um, Zane Reed at quarterback. Uh, Brody Langfitt's going to be their offensive weapon, kind of playing receiver running back for them. Um, Dalton Sperry playing a little bit tight end on linebacker. Gage Idings, Sam Coyne. Just some guys to keep an eye out there for Pattensburg. As I said earlier, this seems to be, be better than the record says they are. It's just going to be tough in this conference for them to poke through and upset any of the other five teams. The other five teams are all looking pretty good so far. Uh, Stanbury, 30 kids out, seven seniors, six juniors, 10 sophomores, and seven freshmen. They bring back seven of eight starters from last year. The only guy not coming back is Colin Sager, the graduated linebacker tight end, very good player. Um, but <clears throat> both way back kids, Austin at quarterback, Tyler at tight end, Trey Sheever, one of the best running backs in the state's back. <clears throat> Austin Colvin at line, up front. Landon Martick at tight end linebacker. Two little quick running backs and Gavin Cameron and Ethan Oldham are back. Lance Wallace is back up front. Ben Messner. This team is going to come off the bus and look probably the most athletic and physically imposing teams you're going to see all year because they're all like 6'1", 180, athletic. And then the Sheever kid's not. And a couple of running backs are a little smaller, but they're fast. They're still well-built. Okay, you have the little running backs. Austin Colvin, who's just a massive human being, just a brick house. Then everyone else is like 6'1", 180 across the board. Just athletics, athletes, they're going to throw at you all game. Stanbury, I really toyed with them putting number one over King City. I went back and forth. I sided slightly with King City, but week three is going to be a lot of fun for King City Stanbury. Spoiler alert, I'm probably going there. It's most likely going to be one versus two if things hold serve in the state. In class. I, I got to go to that game. Um, Worth County and now the GRC. And they got 26 kids out, 17 upperclassmen. So a very upperclassmen heavy team, eight seniors, nine juniors. <clears throat> Bringing back five starters from last year. Could be six if you include Reinhardt, who's back out this year. He kind of had some personal issues last year, didn't play. Alex Reinhardt, a very good running back and linebacker for him. Kind of Worth County kid through and through. He's back this year. Aiden Gladstone at quarterback. Jackson Rundy, Dylan McIntyre, um, Levi Casaval in the backfield. Uh, Austin Pride up front is a big hoss for him. Worth County's always gonna have some beef up front. Always. Just you go to Worth County, you're just gonna see a guy who's 6'2, 280. And you're like, how where did he come from? Every year. They have two or three of them. I don't does it make any sense. I've seen it over the years with Devin Jackson, Colton Wilmus. Even Mason Hawk was a big kid. He was 6'5", 210, 220. I mean, just year after year. Um, the other Alarcon kid, the older one, he played running back, but he was a massive person. I mean, year after year, even back when I was in school, Worth County always had just hosses up front. Um, so we'll see with them. New coach had to replace Andrew Alarcon. Chris Healy stepped down to be superintendent. They have John Adwell there. But <clears> – <throat> There's a nucleus of coaches that I like at Worth County. You have Adwell, you have Dan Collins, who helps with the junior high program. He'll be around as well. Uh, Cree Beverlin, who was at Platte Valley the last couple of years, he's around the program. Chris Healy's still around. There's enough brain trust there to get stuff done, I think, at Worth County. Um, so they're a team that I'm probably a little too low on right now to start the year, and I still think they're a top-10 team. They have the potential to maybe supplant the King City and the Stanbury in the state towards the top of my tier. Um, here we go. Wemo, Alpine City. Haven't heard a whole lot from them. Archie, twenty-nine kids out, seven seniors, six juniors, six sophomores, ten freshmen. So pretty good sized freshman class for them um, this year. Bringing back three to four starters on both sides of the ball. Um, of course, you lose the big three in Wolf, Sutton, and Yannick. But there's a little Sutton kid, um, Caden. I like their quarterback, Briar McIntyre. I was really impressed with the way he's progressed through the summer. And from him from last year to this year, the big step up as a sophomore. I'm intrigued by him. Uh, Christian Ward up front is a monster in the offensive line. Uh, Blake Hunter should be back midway through the uh, week one or two. He had some <clears throat> off-season surgery on his knee that said that everything went well for that, so he should be back. Um, <clears throat> so we'll see how it goes with him. They got some athletes there, Archie, that I'm really excited for. And their future is really bright there at Archie as, as well. Drexel, I have about 19 to 20 kids out for them. Four seniors, six juniors, three sophomores, six freshmen. Uh, but they bring back six of eight starters on offense, five of eight on defense. <clears throat> and, of course, the big one, Jacob Coffey's back, Corey Compton's back, Caleb Mayfield, Mike Munner, Caleb Yeager. 
Peyton Popwell. They have a lot of really good athletes just across the board that's going to play really well. Popwell is going to play a little bit of running back for him this year from what I've heard. Uh, moving Coffee to quarterback. Uh, Compton playing some receiver, uh, running back kind of hybrid. They're offensive weapons. So very interesting with Drexel. They're going to play good defense. They're going to be really good despite losing some really good players from last year's team, like an Ethan Irvin, a Gage Sanders, uh, Braden Law, Devin Gorsuch, guys like that who are good players, but their core nucleus of uh, Coffee and Compton are back. And guess what? Jim Coffee only a junior. So, sorry, everybody. Uh, Jasper, 25 kids out, led by Hayden LaMasters. This kid's a really good football player. Uh, I know the first time I watched them play last year was against Rich Hill, and I didn't know I didn't have the rosters. I didn't have anything. I was just watching the game, and I'm like, Who's 22? I think this is number 22. I'm like, that kid's standing out. He is winning off the line of scrimmage every play. Who is that kid? He looks really good. Didn't know until weeks later that it was Hayden LaMasters when I went to watch them play at Northwest Hughesville in the district uh, first round of districts last year. And they had him a little bit more in a skill position role. And they moved him from guard to tight end, playing the linebacker, kind of used his skills a little bit more. And he looked really good there uh, with him. Mitchell Avalos at running backs, a really fast kid. Um, Juan Herrera as well. Xander Metcalf, Cooper Chaffin said, Chaffin, I think his name is, Seth Maddock, uh, Noah Neher, Neher, Noah Neher, Luke Annable, Bryson Pankratz. They got some athletes there at Jasper. I like the new coach, Derek McFarlane. We'll see how they develop into the season. <clears throat> Liberal, you got about 20 kids out. You got to replace Gunnar Miller, but you do have Peyton Morrow, who might be the second best athlete in the conference. Uh, overall athletes, so we'll see how they do with that. Haven't heard a whole lot from OCL. Only 16 kids out, though. Uh, might just be a rough year for them a little bit. I believe the uh, Cole Thomas is back, though, I believe. Not sure. Uh, Rich Hill, 27 kids out, 12 are freshmen, so this would be a program that's kind of on the rise. I do like their senior quarterback in Peyton McFrederick. Uh, there's another Bridgewater kid, Daniel, only a sophomore, junior, I believe. Pretty good player as well. Uh, Blake Laning, uh, Dalen Walton, Dalen Black. Just some good athletes there uh, on the outside. I like McFrederick a lot at quarterback. I just worry about them up front if they can withstand uh, some of the punishment they're going to take this year. And finally, going to the independents, uh, Bishop LeBlonde, Landing Gardner at quarterback, Jake Correll at receiver, and a little bit of linebacker. And the big guy, Reggie Love at running back and linebacker. Looks like a stud this year. He's going to take a big step forward. I like what LeBlanc's building there. they got 30 kids out this year, including three seniors. Only three seniors, so it'll be a program that's kind of building going forward <clears throat> with it. But they returned seven of eight starters from last year, so they'll be very interesting this season. Uh, Greenfield, 17 kids out. Uh, six starters who played last year who are back. I know it's 11-man to 8-man. It's a little bit different. Uh, but Look at the two picket kids, Alex and I think Austin, I want to say. Uh, Xander Vaughn, Jimmy O'Neill up front, um, Brad Reed in the backfield as well. Based on what I saw on the little uh, preview on the OzarkSportsZone.com, they're going to have a, pretty, a lot of speed. <coughs> and I think they're having a lot of fun with 8-man as well. I think they're buying in a little bit more than they were last time they were 8-man as a community. A little more... Closer games. I think the community is kind of buying a little better this time. It's going to help the program overall. Uh, Knox County, 23 kids out, eight seniors. Uh, guys to look out for here, the two Miller kids, Branson and Braden, especially Branson, pretty good little athlete from based on what I've seen there. He's going to be kind of their main go-to offensive weapon. Keaton Strange at running back as well. Uh, Braxton Curran is going to play some tight end and linebacker. Eli Ward, Robert Dooley, um, Carter Goucher, they're up front. Then also you have Carter Marble, who's going to be one of the better linebackers in the state, I think, this year for Knox County. A really good player for them this year. Um, they have a – I think it's Rylan – I don't remember his last name now, but Rylan something is going to play quarterback for him. He's a baseball uh, star for them as well. Uh, got to look forward to there for Knox County. Lockwood, um, Landon Stump, Eli Kerr, Kane Cooper, receiver tight end kind of deal, Clayton Robertson. Um, Robertson, I like Lockwood a lot. I saw them in the, in the team camp. They got a nice little blend of size and speed. They're starting to figure out the eight-man game a little bit. I think they can make some noise down south possibly. Just a team to keep a lot eye on. I almost ranked them in my top ten. I kept them out of my top ten. I just couldn't quite pull the trigger. I want to see how they transition before I put them in my top ten. Uh, Northland Christian, <clears throat> I like them a lot. 
I really do. Dante Birch, Seth Martin, Blake Doss, Josh Hudson. <clears throat> they have a group of seniors. They don't have any juniors, I don't think, and a good group of sophomores and freshmen. So they're going to be building something for the future here. Birch is probably their best player, and he's a sophomore, a little running back. Uh, he's fast, but more importantly than just being fast, he's quick. He's got good side-to-side lateral movement, and I think he knows how to use it. So we'll see how they do this year um, under Coach Bass. Really excited for Northland Christian. St. Joe Christian, haven't heard a whole lot from them. Um, and then Skyler County, um, Hayden Dixon, Kale Windy, guys like that. That's what they're going to lean on uh, this year. Hayden Dixon was a really good, I think, shot putter. I think he finished third in state last year at shot put. Um, has really improved the line play a little bit for him, and they're going to need him to play well this year uh, for them to kind of move on and try to get better as the year goes on. So I think I went through all 38 teams again. Um, teams who I think have a legit chance at a state championship – who, if they won a state title, I wouldn't be like, well, I'm shocked by that. Um, Stanbury, King City, Oric, Drexel, EA, North Shelby, Worth County. I think there's seven teams is where I could the cutoff at. Uh, and then teams who I think are really good, North Andrew, Archie, Hughesville, Lockwood, LeBlonde, Jasper, Hughesville, Albany. Uh, I think those are some teams I consider for my top ten kind of deal who I think are all going to be really good. But I don't think they can possibly be do enough to beat two or three teams in a row to win a state championship. Maybe if they get go side of the bracket, maybe LeBlanc can do it. I don't see it right now, but I think they're going to be really good. It's kind of where I'm at with those teams. But I think there's seven teams <clears throat> where if you told me tomorrow, hey, Worth County, they're going to win a state championship. I could see that. North Shelby, absolutely. EA, for sure. Drexel, Oryx, Stanbury, King City. I see any of those seven teams legitimately winning a state championship. North Andrew, I think you're stretching a little bit. I wouldn't. I'd be a little shocked, but I think it's doable for them. I think it's doable for an Archie, a Hughesville, a Lockwood. Some of these teams, I think it's doable. It's more of a long shot than those top seven teams um, that I have in my rankings kind of deal. In no particular order, I'm still reordering my top ten consistently at this point until I finalize mine on Sunday night. So we'll see how it goes with that. Yeah, so I think I'm going to stop talking now. This has gone on for long enough. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, again, Mo 8 Man Football on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Um, coaches.com. Preseason poll will come out next Monday. I'll have a podcast probably <clears throat> Wednesday, Thursday next week to do a preview for week one. Talk about the Jamborees probably this weekend. I might do a podcast Sunday maybe uh, going into Monday. So my cover on Monday as well, just kind of talk about the Jamborees and maybe the preseason poll and stuff like that and preview week one. So we'll see how it goes. But that's going to be it for me today. Hope you guys enjoyed. You guys have a good one. This is Devin for Straight Up Sports. Mm-hmm.